want to talk a little bit today, just for a few minutes. <clears throat> I know all of you have uh, maybe plans to go somewhere for Easter, spend some time with your families, maybe not. But uh, the subject that I chose for today is enemies. And you say, well, like, what a nice subject you picked for Easter. <laughs> enemies. But you'll see why. But let me ask you, do you have any enemies? Some of you are thinking, yeah, I got a lot of enemies. Some of you are thinking, no, I really don't have any enemies. Some of you have more enemies than others. I know that. Um, some of us, you know, we, we, we struggle with enemies all day long, every day. And, uh, you know, it's just part of life. You know, I, I think it really is. Um, interesting thing, um, Jesus said about our earthly enemies, what did he tell us to do? <clears throat> to love your enemies and pray for them, right? To love your enemies and pray for them. Love your enemies and pray for them. So he's talking about the earthly enemies, all right, the people, because the, the truth is there are some enemies that we should not love, right? There's some we just shouldn't love. Peter said, you know, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Because you know your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Your enemy, the devil, he doesn't say love the devil, right? Certain enemies we should love and certain enemies we should not love. You shouldn't love the devil. Some do. And when they do, he's not their enemy anymore, right? You know, there's enemies in this world. The world, we fight against the world. We fight against our own flesh. We fight against the devil, right? And these are kind of some of the battlefields. And, 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 and nowhere does it say to love the world, right? Love the people in the world. But don't love the system of the world. Don't love the world, the things of the world, for, for the, you know, the love of the Father. First uh, John talks about is not in those things. Love the flesh. You know, I think that's what the world says. That's one of the lies of the world, that we should love our flesh. The Bible says we should deny our flesh, beat down our flesh, because of what it wants to do. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so we have these battles, these enemies. <clears throat> but the two enemies I want to talk about today for just a few minutes, I think, are the very worst two enemies that we have uh, does anybody know who they are? Know what they are? <laughs> right! <laughs> yeah, that's it. Whatever you said. I'll just go ahead and tell you because I don't want you to feel either proud if you get it right or <laughs> foolish if you get it wrong. The worst two enemies that we face as human beings are sin and death. Sin and death are the worst two enemies. And you know what? Both will kill you. Both will kill you, right? The wages of sin is death. It says about sin, and death will kill, will kill each one of us. And, and I, I don't think that these are some of the enemies that we should love. You don't love sin. You don't love death. The question is, well, how do we fight against these enemies? And... and you know the answer is? We don't. We don't. Because Jesus already did. Jesus fought those battles. 
against those two enemies, sin and death. He already did. Number one, this, this idea of sin, he, and he did it at the cross. We're celebrating Good Friday and Easter, the resurrection. It says in Romans chapter 4, he was delivered over to death for our sins. Romans 4.25. He was delivered over to death for our sins. And he paid the price for our sins. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Peter said it as well. Christ died for sins once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. So... He died on the cross for our sins. He paid the price that you and I should pay. He took our place on that Good Friday. Although it wasn't so good, even in what, what Val was quoting on the, on the Friday, things didn't look so good at the time, did it? But this battle, this enemy, if you and I try to fight this enemy in our own strength and by ourselves, we will lose. It will kill you. Because the wages of sin is death. And unless... You and I put our trust in Jesus Christ who died and paid the price for my sin, for your sin. We have no hope whatsoever against that enemy. We have no hope whatsoever against that enemy. It's a powerful enemy. It really is. I want to say about this idea of sin is that it's not just for the life to come, that, but, but also in, in, in this life while we're here that, that we battle against this sin and we battle in the strength of God's son Jesus Christ we don't just fight it in our own strength we must have the power of the Holy Spirit to fight that fight and I believe that we can overcome does that mean we're going to be perfect in it no the flesh is weak we're going to we're but but you know just to say that it's been defeated and 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 Jesus beat all the sin on the cross he he died for it he paid the the price for it, and so therefore just go ahead and do it anyways because it's all paid for. Paul talks about that in Romans. He says, God forbid that you and I would take advantage of the grace of God in such a manner. But rather, that we would say, he, he set us free. The Bible talks about being set free from sin. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We don't have to say, you know, I, I just, I, you know, the devil made me do it or my flesh made me do it. I have to keep doing this. No, no. But it must be the victory comes through the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. He defeated sin on that cross. Isaiah 53 says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are what? Healed. We got peace, and we have healing that came through that cross. It's powerful. You know, we talked on, on Friday night about, about being and living in the shadow of the cross. We got to live in the shadow of the cross. That, that's, what he, that's what he did for us. He, he, he defeated the death. He defeated sin. Through his death. So that's the first of, of our worst enemies. And of course, these are two tied together, right? Because sin leads to death. When you look in Genesis chapter 3, it all, it, it all becomes clear there what happened. Sin entered the world, and with sin came death, right? They're, they're connected. Just as the cross and the resurrection are connected, you can't separate the two. 
But I want you to turn with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I've got a number of different passages I want you to be able to go with me. So this is like Bible drill. <clears throat> Sword drill, they call it at, at uh, the, the Christian school. And they taught me that what, this is what they do. They hold up their Bibles, right? They have to have their Bibles up, and then, a, and then I or someone else gives them the Bible verse. And then they say, shing, right? And I said, what does shing mean? You know, I have no idea what you're talking about, but that's taking the sword out, right? <laughs> shing, because the Bible says the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So we're going to see how well you do. 1 Corinthians 15, 26 says, shing. It says the last enemy to be destroyed is what? Is death. The last enemy, the very last enemy of all to be destroyed is death. Now, this quote is attributed to Benjamin Franklin, but who knows if it really was said by him or not. But you all know this quote anyways. Nothing is certain but death and death and taxes. You know, it's April something. We're getting close. Someone else said this, though. Death and taxes. Sometimes I wish they came in that order. <laughs> <clears throat> The last enemy is death, and it's certain. It's certain. You can't escape it. Not one of us can escape it. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Let's turn to the book of Psalms. The Psalms is an incredible, incredible book. You know, uh, there's so much there. But these ideas, these thoughts are found right there in the book of Psalms. Let's look at Psalm 23, one that everybody knows. Some of you learned it. You had to learn it. Catechism or wherever you learned it. Or maybe you just learned it because you wanted to. And that's even, that's even better. But it doesn't matter how you learned it. Just that you learned it. Psalm 23. Some of you are just quoting it right now by memory. Because you just, that's what you do. But look at verse 4. Uh, verse four. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then look at verse 5. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. You see, that thought was there as well. The thought of the shadow of death and these enemies. But through the goodness and the love of God that we would live forever, that we would, we would overcome that death. You see, it's already being prophesied. It's already being talked about. Psalm 22 is actually the, the Psalm of the Cross we're not going to look at. Look at uh, Psalm 60. Psalm 60. I like this. Psalm 60, verse 11 says, give us aid against the enemy, for the help of man is worthless. With God, we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. With God, we'll gain the victory. Are, are you going to defeat death? You know, we, we try, and you know, we, we have all kinds of uh, advancements in medicine and everything, and we do our best to kind of get this thing under control. And we're searching for that fountain of youth. 
You know, I, I, I was digging out back here the other day, seeing if I could come up with something. Yes. <clears throat> All I found was rock. <laughs> it's not there. It's not going to happen. The help of man is worthless in comparison to what God will do. He will trample down our enemies. We have to know that. We have to know that. Uh, another psalm says this, Precious in the, in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You say, well, death is such a bad thing. It's such a bad enemy, and I'm, it's so terrible. It's so, and, you know, and I've been to a lot of funerals. I've done a lot of funerals, and it is a, a heart-wrenching thing. But we've got to put it in perspective with the cross and the resurrection. Because death was defeated in the resurrection from the dead, as we'll see. He trampled down that enemy. Look at Psalm 116. Psalm 116. Say, this is incredible. Easter in the Psalms. But it's all there. It's all throughout the whole Bible, you see. Because because it's all through the Bible about sin and death and the answer that comes through God, that He will trample down our enemies. And He trampled down sin at the cross and He trampled down death and the resurrection from the dead. Look at verses 3 and 4. Psalm 116, the cords of death entangled me. The cords of what? Of death. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. And then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. And jump down to verse 8. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You say, well... Yeah, that was just for that particular time when the writer of that psalm was delivered from death at that time. But you know what? It's prophetic, isn't it? That he would deliver us from death forever. That enemy, the last enemy to be destroyed is death, that he trampled it down. That Jesus rose from the dead and he defeated death. Let's go back to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 15 again, where we were. Who's there first? See, what happens when you get there first, you hold your Bible up, and then you get candy after. Oh, candy. <laughs> I knew that would get you. Val, you got the candy? Well, she's not even here. She's out and digging out in the yard looking for that fountain of youth. Don't tell her I said that, but I know she's going to hear it anyways. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 13 If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Jump down to verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits. In other words, the first one. He opened the way. He paved the way. He made it possible for you and I to be raised from the dead, that we might have life and never die. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Look down in verse 54 at the end of the passage. It says there, 
Verse 54, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who, who, who trampled down death? Who beat down death? It was the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I have some enemies. We may have personal enemies. We may have people that don't like us. And we should pray for them. We should love them. It's hard, I know. But, but these enemies, we have to know that Jesus Christ was victorious over sin and over death. And he gives us the victory. Notice it says that he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. I think what Cynthia was saying, she gets up every day and she just said, uh, just do my day. Thanks be to God. I'm here one more day. But Paul said, you know what? To live is Christ, to die is gain. So, uh, you know, it's okay because death's been defeated and I'm going to be with him. To live is Christ, to be here today is Christ, but to be with him is gain. It's going to be better. It's going to be more. We live now kind of in a you know, the, the 1 Corinthians 13 talks about like through, we see through a, a glass darkly, meaning kind of a, a glass that's kind of cloudy, right? We kind of see it, we kind of know it, but we don't, we don't really see it perfectly. But it says that one day what? We're going to see him face to face, right? I look forward to that day. I want to see him face to face. You know what? I see him now through faith, but it's kind of cloudy for me. I don't know about for you, you know, we're, we're human. We're in this body. We're in this world. We don't see him physically. But one day we will. One day we will. Turn back to the book of Acts, chapter 26. Acts, chapter 26. Acts, 26. All right, candy for you. Shing. When they taught me about that, I said, okay, let's all get up and shing together now. <laughs> the closing hymn. Because I didn't know what they were talking about. Acts 26, verse 23. That the Christ would suffer. And as the first to rise from the dead would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. The Christ, the Messiah, Jesus would suffer, but he would be the first to rise from the dead. The first, meaning there was more to come, like we said. The first fruits and then you and I. How about Acts chapter 2? Acts chapter 2. See if we, who can get there first. Oh boy, Bill got it that time. Good job, Bill. Acts 2.24. But God raised him from the dead. Freeing him, notice this here, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Freeing him from the agony of death. And apart from Jesus Christ, you know what? Death is agony. I have to say it, and you, you, you look and you read the scripture and you see 
Without hope in Jesus Christ, what hope is there? Death is agony. Death is separation from God forever. Death is darkness. Without the hope of of eternal life, without the hope of Jesus Christ, you and I have nothing to look forward to. So you better get it all now while you can. That's the philosophy of the world because they don't see the hope. And so the agony of death is a very real thing. But Jesus was raised from the dead by the Father, freeing him from the agony of death as the first one, the first to rise from the dead. You and I follow. We are free from the agony of death. We are free from the agony of death. No more fear of death, it talks about in Hebrews. It says he shared in their humanity, the human Humanity that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. That's an interesting thing to think about, though, this idea of the fear of death. You know, even as believers sometimes, you know, we're, we, we, we kind of, we don't fear it and we sort of do, Right? You know, because it's that dichotomy. We, we don't want to really want to leave because of our family here. Because the people here, the people we know, but we look forward to being with and in the presence of the Almighty God. Yes, we do. But I, I, I sometimes think some of our fear, I think fear is one of the enemies I was thinking earlier. Fear is one of these enemies that we face that's been defeated. We don't love fear. It's one of those enemies we hate. But he says that we've been set free set free from the fear of death because death has been defeated. A couple more passages before we close. I won't say finally until it's almost time. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. This is what I um, was thinking is kind of like the final nail in the coffin. The final nail in the coffin. Pun intended. Revelation chapter 20, verse 14. You see, there, there are some things that are yet in the future that are going to take place. But look at what it says there in verse 14. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Wow. See that first before we talk about the, the book of life. He says death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. I mean, that, that's it. That's the final, the final, like I said, the last nail, the final nail in the coffin. Death's done. Up to that point, Death still has no power over us because Jesus has defeated it. The cross and the resurrection. Sin and death have been paid for. And through faith and trusting in Him, this is just kind of like when it's all tied up and it's all uh, put, put down. But that verse 15, anyone's name, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire to be written in the Lamb's book of life. How do we get our name in the book? We look to the Lamb. He puts, it, he puts it in for us. You and I need to, to look to the Lamb and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
That's why later on it says uh, in Revelation, he says there will be no more death. Speaking about heaven, no more death or mourning in Revelation 21.4. But the last verse I want you to turn with me to, finally, in John chapter 11, verse 25. John 11.25. Bill, two in a row, man. He's counting. But who's counting? <laughs> oh, boy. Revelation chapter, excuse me, John chapter 11, verse 25. <clears throat> Speaking about the death of Lazarus here, this uh, whole account of what happened there, Lazarus was, obviously he was raised from the dead, but... This wasn't the final resurrection. Obviously, Lazarus died later, right? He didn't go on living forever at that point in time. But Jesus had some things to say about death, and he says them there in verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's the question, isn't it? He said, he who believes in me will live even though he dies. Death has no victory. Death has no sting. Death has no power over us because of what Jesus Christ did. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. So do you believe this? For the believer in Jesus Christ, there's no need to fear death. Death has no sting. There's no victory over us. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Do you believe this? And have you received the victory over these two enemies, over sin and over death? Are your sins all forgiven? Do you know that? Your sins are forgiven. Do you know that death has been paid for and given to you, trampled down by the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do you know that? And have you received that for yourself? That's the question of the ages. That's what... That's what's going to make a difference in the Lamb's book of life. It's not, it's not all these other things that we do in life. Yeah, they're important. There are lots of important things in this life, but we need to be ready. We need to be ready. We need to be ready. This is why, you know, Cynthia, you know, she talks about it, and she, she's, she's talking... She has a peace about her. I know she has bad days and good days. We all do. But there's something about being ready for that day. I have a brother who is two years older than me. And that makes him like 27, I think. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's hurting. He's a hurting Guy, he's got a lot of kids and just a lot of stuff going on in his life, you know. But last Friday, last Saturday, you know, he took an overdose, right? He took like 70-some-odd pills. And by, I think, God's mercy, he didn't, somebody found him and he didn't die. But you know what? I, I can't say to you at this point in time that he was ready. I don't know if he was ready. 
That's no way to go, that's for sure. But I don't know if he was ready. And, you know, I think that's the most important question. Are we ready? People get ready. There's a train coming, the old song goes. People get ready. There's a train coming. Is your name in the book of life? There's pain in this life. There's sorrow. But you know what? Our only hope is in Jesus Christ, him crucified, risen from the dead. Let it be in your life. I hope it is. I hope it is. Because at the end of the day, it's just you and God. At the end of the day, it's just you before him. Nobody else around. Not what someone else did or said or was. It's just you and him. Just me and him. At the very end of the day. Have you received that victory over these enemies? Let's pray, shall we?